All right. Well, welcome to the inaugural broadcast of Heart of Markness. I'm Mark, and I welcome you to my podcast. Today, what I'd like to be talking about is uh, Led Zeppelin, which is a passion of mine for the last 35 years or so. And uh, specifically, what I'd like to talk about today is some of their live music. Uh, even more specifically, their, their show in Copenhagen, Denmark, on July 24th, 1979. It's an amazing show with an amazing quality audience recording available where you find amazing quality audio recordings. And uh, specifically, I gotta stop saying specifically. Fuck that shit. Okay, here's the deal. Led Zeppelin's awesome. They were not that awesome for a while because of the drugs and the heroin and all that shit. But this show... Actually, this series of shows in 1979 are uh, just spectacular. Robert Plant, uh, having just lost his son in 1977, took a hiatus from the band and uh, was cajoled back into joining by Bonzo. And uh, their return to the stage was in Copenhagen, Denmark on July 23rd, 1979. Um, there's also an excellent audio uh, quality audience recording of that show. However, it doesn't have the song that I love the most on it, which is 10 Years Gone, which was performed the next night on the 24th at the Falconer Theater in Copenhagen. Um, a very small venue. It was basically, these shows are basically warm-ups to the huge Nebworth shows that were done a couple weeks later uh, on the 4th and 11th of August, respectively. And these shows are the triumphant return of Led Zeppelin. Jimmy Page is playing again like it's 1973, which is nice. Um, I think he probably cleaned up his act, looking forward to this resurgence of the group, and was relatively sober. And basically the band sounds great. It's a small venue, just a, a couple thousand people, if that. I think it might even be like 1,500, something ridiculous. Very small theater used to uh, just basically kick the tires and see how they're going to sound, run through their shows, run through the lights, etc. Now, my favorite songs of this concert are 10 Years Gone, which is, in my opinion, the best performance of this song ever, at least any of that I've heard. Um, it's, it's completely flawless. The sound quality is amazing for a bootleg. Well, it's not a bootleg. It's a, it's in uh what is it? There's a phrase for bootlegs. It's not sold. It's trade live music, which is why I can play it on this podcast, because it's uh, a recording that is free. So, long story short, 10 Years Gone is amazing. The recording of the show is amazing. Uh, it was recorded on a Ewer reel-to-reel from the front row of the first balcony, so it's a touch distant, but it's insanely clear. There were two mics used, basically hung over the rail of the balcony, um, spread apart so it gives a nice wide stereo spectrum, a soundstage, I guess is the word I'm looking for, and the mics in the recording are excellent. And in 10 Years Gone, you can hear John Paul Jones playing his triple neck. 
as well as the bass pedals he's playing with his feet, a la Getty Lee, um, and Jimmy playing his Botswana Brown Telecaster just sings in this song. Ten years gone. It's great. Bonzo, of course, is magnificent. Robert is into it and singing in great voice. But um, the star of this song is Jimmy. Um, Ten Years Gone is a very intricate song with um, as many as 11 or 12 guitars overdubbed on the studio version. And for the live versions, he leaned heavily on John Paul Jones with the aforementioned triple neck acoustic, which is a six-string, a 12-string, and a mandolin, as well as the bass pedals, which are just like the big stompy bass pedals you have on a, uh, on a, on a church organ. Same kind of thing, except they're just uh, portable. And uh, as I mentioned before, Getty Lee uses bass pedals when he's playing keyboard sometimes with Rush. And uh, so John Paul Jones is doing the heavy lifting for this song, which is kind of his role in the band. He's the definitely the un, unsung hero of Led Zeppelin. Uh, without him, they would just be uh, Aerosmith. <laughs> uh, no disrespect to Aerosmith. But uh, Ten Years Gone is absolutely sublime. Jimmy's phrasing is great. His dexterity is great. In uh, During the 77 tour which was when this song was debuted live, uh, it was all over the road, just as Jimmy was. And if you're familiar with Led Zeppelin, uh, you'll know that the 1977 tour is uh, the most well-represented visually. It's kind of when you think of Led Zeppelin, you think of you know, Power, Mystery, and the Hammer of the Gods, and uh, Jimmy in his uh, white dragon suit with the double neck, and it looks majestic, but most of the time, not most of the time, some of the time, it was just an absolute train wreck. Uh, Jimmy was out of it. Bonzo was having some hard times, although 77 is a great tour for uh, listening to John Bonham, for sure. He's incredible. In fact, slight sidetrack, uh, today, the 21st of June, is the, holy shit, 40th anniversary of... Um, what is arguably the best show and definitely one of the best recorded shows of the 77 tour. The legendary Listen to This Eddie, um, which in retrospect, maybe I should have chosen that to as my uh, inaugural um, subject for this podcast, but fuck it. I like that show, but I fucking love Copenhagen. So Copenhagen it is. Okay. And as this is the first podcast, it's going to be shitty, and the quality is going to be shitty, and I'm going to cough and sniffle and all that, and the levels are low, and everything sucks, and it's hot as balls up here in my room. But soldiering on, ever onward, as Mr. Page says, uh, let's go into a little bit of context for this show. As I said, 1979 was a good year for Led Zeppelin. After Robert Plant's son died in uh, 1977, at the end of their tour, Robert, understandably, took some time off. And he basically left Led Zeppelin, and the band gave him all the room in the world to do what they needed to do. Do what he needed to do, I guess, to heal and get over it. Because, I mean, how can you fathom the loss of a child? I mean, Jesus Christ. So about uh, a year or 18 months later... Well, now let me think about this. I guess it would have been less than a year later. It was in May of 1978. I believe 
Robert's son passed in July of 77. So 10 months later, the band reconvened at, I believe the name is Clearwell Castle in Wales. I think it was in Wales. I'm going by memory. I should have prepared for this, but again, fuck it. Clearwell Castle, I know, is the name. Uh, And they ran through some material for a possible new album, basically just to see if Robert was even interested in doing this again and getting back in. And uh, there are recordings of some of these sessions from this get-together. And of course, Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's always something. So, um, what was I saying? Ah, yes, Clearwell Castle. Uh, The band got together and recorded, uh, did a run-through of a few songs that would later show up on In Through the Outdoor. Um, Maybe not a few songs. I think the only ones that I know of are a couple versions of Carousalambra, which are pretty badass and aggressive, as opposed to the, the kind of dense and, you know, I hate to say it, but cheesy keyboard sound of the album um but and there was also this song they did that was uh attributed uh called fire by the bootleggers anyways i don't know what the official title is but it hasn't appeared in any zeppelin albums or on any of the deluxe editions or anything that's come out since then excellent fucking song excellent fucking song you should totally find it i'm sure you can find it on youtube and listen to it totally really enjoyable the band's in great spirits energy is high and, um, you know, there's nothing that sounds better than John Bonham live mic'd in a room with good sound. So, where was I? 1978, May 1978, the band is in Wales checking out uh, Robert to see if he is into this. And apparently they had a good time. Um, Jimmy, I guess, had cleaned up his act a bit and was playing better and was more focused. I think um, the death of Robert's son, Carrick, was maybe a bit of a wake-up call for everybody. It was definitely a reality check, because no matter how famous you are, and at at this point in the 70s, Led Zeppelin were, you know, living like Roman emperors. They were living the life of Caligula, nothing but decadence and sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, To their diminishment, unfortunately. But back here we are in 1978 in Wales, and they're sounding great. And here's a little taste of that. Okay, this is where I'm just going to dub in shit, I guess. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, so, sounded pretty hot, huh? Now, here's a bit of a caveat. I'm going to be playing, when I'm discussing Led Zeppelin, or any music, I guess, I'm going to be playing uh, live recordings, um, commonly referred to as bootlegs, although technically bootlegs are paid for. You go into a record store, you buy a bootleg, you take it home. That's super illegal, not for the purchaser, but for the seller. These are live recordings, live recordings that are traded freely. You can get them um, on several different music sites. You can find that on my website. I'll have some links to them. Um, And Jimmy Page and the rest of the band are fine with fans trading the live music. As long as no one's profiting from it, it's cool. So, this recording, uh, 1978, sorry, Clearwell Castle, led to 
uh, renewed interest and an agreement from Robert to come back and work on another album, which became In Through the Outdoor, which was recorded in Sweden in uh, November of 79, if memory serves. And In Through the Outdoor was recorded at um, Polar Studios, which was owned by another supergroup, ABBA. So, if you ever wanted to do six degrees of separation between ABBA and Led Zeppelin, there's one right there. Who knew? Um, Also, another interesting tidbit is uh, John Bonham was friends with Maurice Gibb of the Bee Gees and Lulu, the singer. They would vacation together, etc. Okay, sidebar. So, In Through the Outdoor was recorded in... uh, No, it wasn't November of 79. That's stupid. November of 78, because it was released in 79. So, the band recorded their album... Over the holidays, uh, as John Paul Jones said, in the dark in Sweden. And then went on their merry way home to work on the mixing, coming up with the packaging, etc., etc. But they had planned for a big comeback in 1979 with two huge festival concerts in Nebworth in Stevenage, England. Um, Because Robert... Um, understandably didn't feel like touring anymore. He didn't like being away from his family for weeks or months at a time. Um, as, as one can imagine, imagine losing your child um, without being there, just getting a phone call, and, and the guilt he must have felt. So the rest of the band was fine with that. They were just going to focus more on a few huge festival shows rather than a big, long tour. So they booked Nebworth for August 4th and 11th, and um, did some warm-up, or scheduled some warm-up dates in Copenhagen, as we mentioned, July 23rd and July 24th, 1979, to run through the show, work on the lights, work on the sound system, etc. And these shows are spectacular. You should absolutely download them. Even if you don't like the latter-day Led Zeppelin, these are the exception to the rule. They're tight they're not full of ridiculously long solos and horrible. The, the self-indulgence that kind of uh, tarnished the 75 and the 77 tour for me. You know, I, I don't want to hear a 45-minute version of Dazed and Confused if it's just fucking around. I mean, I would much rather have a nice, tight song, a nice, tight 7-8 minute song than just wandering and and, and meandering indulgence. So 1979 gets away with that. The no quarter that they played is, I think, eight or nine minutes long, and it's great. It's my other favorite song from this show, and it's absolutely a must-have. Jimmy is on it. Jonesy is on it. Bonzo is the star of it. Um, the, the, The mics used for recording capture Bonzo absolutely perfectly. Um... I can't say enough. And there's a great remaster of this show by um, Sue Denim, <laughs> which is a clever name, that I got off of uh, Royal Orleans that is just even better. Adds more punch to it, brings it a little more up front, takes away some of that distance, and just makes a good thing even better. You know, kind of bumps it up half a grade from a, a B-plus to a solid A-minus at least, which is really good for an amateur recording. So let's take a listen to 
10 years gone.
Unbelievable, huh? Jimmy nailed those solos, and that, that solo in the outro at the end, with that descending da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, he pulls that off. Everybody in the Zeppelin community still talks about how they're waiting for him to fuck it up, because, you know, he kind of always does. And he just nails it. It's brilliant. I mean, I would almost think that that could have been played by Dave Gilmore, in a way. No offense, don't lose your fucking mind. I just mean for that descending kind of, uh, that descending cascade at the end is, I've never heard him play that before or since, and it was just absolutely sublime. Tons and tons of emotion, tons and tons of feeling, a decent mix where you could hear Jonesy's acoustic and the bass pedals and Bonzo and, and hear the, the, the twang of, of the acoustic strings. It's the recording, I think, that makes this special. Not that the performance isn't, but, you know, if you listen to live music, then you know how often great, great shows are hampered by poor, poor recordings. Um, The most obvious example for Led Zeppelin would be the Bath Festival, 1970, which is... um, considered kind of canonically to be the ultimate Led Zeppelin show and has just an absolute shit recording. I mean, absolutely terrible. I mean, there have been some tweaks that have come out, and I think there might have even been another source that came out in the last few years, but that just takes it from, you know, a 25% grade to a, you know, 47% grade. It's still garbage. But, um... That, luckily, was not the case here in Copenhagen. As I said, this was recorded on a UHER brand reel-to-reel with two excellent... I I, I can't remember if they were AKG mics or not. I don't recall. I might be mixing that up with um, Mike Millard's setup. But good microphones with a good stereo spread giving a great soundstage. And um, aside from some loud fuckers in the audience with some clapping and some yelling, the recording is, is, is without flaw. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better, a better recording. Now, moving along, we've heard that 10 years gone, and now, if you can stomach it, I want to offer you one more track from this show. The track that immediately follows, or precedes, shit, I can't remember. I think this song actually was before 10 years gone, and it was no quarter and it is great give it a listen and enjoy Thank you. 
So what'd you think? I loved it. There's no long self-indulgence theremin. I mean, it was tight. And that outro with the wah-wah, that slow opening and closing of the wah-wah that Jimmy does with that riff is just so good. Bonzo's drumming, unbelievable. I mean, on it. And Jonesy, of course, holding the whole thing together. It's his song, basically. So those are the two songs that I wanted to talk about, along with the bonus little bit of fire from the uh, Clearwell Castle. These guys um, left Copenhagen happy, 
And then a week or so later, played their first gig at Nebworth, August 4th. And they hit it out of the park for, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. That's the show that's on the Led Zeppelin DVD. At the end with that incredible Nobody's Fault But Mine and that incredible Achilles Last Stand. All that shit is there. It's great. Um, Unfortunately, a week later on the 11th, I suspect that Jimmy fell off the wagon, heroin-wise, because he looks ghastly. He's sweaty as hell. He's sloppy. He doesn't have it together. And uh, unfortunately, it's just an example of the downfalls and perils of addiction. So, let's hold on to this little snippet of sunshine from the latter half of Led Zeppelin's career. And I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. And please bear with me while I figure out this podcast stuff. I will uh, promise to get better with levels, with speaking, with being more concise. I'm absolutely, completely winging it. I'm sitting up here uh, (laughs) in my underwear, in my room, talking into a microphone. That probably won't change because that's how I roll. But I think I will probably have some notes, maybe an outline, so I'm just not rambling. But uh, if you're a fan of Led Zeppelin, if you're a fan of classic rock, stick around. Um, This podcast is going to be regular. It's going to eventually deviate into other subjects, I'm sure, because I'm into more stuff than just Led Zeppelin. But for now, it'll be Led Zeppelin. I think next time I will... You know, next time I think I will deal with Listen to This Eddie, the show from June 21st, 1977, because it is another high watermark. It's an unbelievably excellent show with, um, God, arguably the best audience recording ever made of Led Zeppelin. And the story behind that is crazy interesting. So if you have any questions or comments... Feel free to email me or leave comments on the blog page, which is Heart of Darkness, Jesus Christ, heartofmarkness.com. Heart of Darkness is a book by Joseph Conrad. Heartofmarkness.com. That's me. So thanks a lot. I'm Mark. I hope you enjoyed, and adios.